now. All right now. Here we go now. Uh, uh, all right now. Here we go now. Here we go. Okay, wait, I forgot. What were we doing? Uh, I think this is called Living Single Revi- Revisited, the podcast. Yes, that's right. Uh, yes, it's episode three. We made it this far, people. Hi. Ooh, three is the magic number. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Joni, and of course, I got my girl, Dee Dee. Stop, y'all. Yes, we are two lifelong fans of the show Living Single. We're also lifelong friends. And it's actually kind of cool because today's episode, which is fun, is going to talk about, it's going to be, what's today's episode? Today's episode is entitled, Come Back, Little Diva. Mm -hmm. Season season three, episode one. Yep, that's it. You're good. You're good. You're good. You know yeah. your you know your shows, or you Yay. have, or you have it up on Hulu. It's okay. It's fine. You have Hulu <laughs> up on your phone. It's fine. Now yeah. that's a Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so um, the episode. In case you're wondering, I'm gonna read this off. Um, the synopsis is is that Regine angrily moves out and gets her own apartment. She's when she hosts a house party, one important guest comes uninvited. So that's that's the official um, synopsis of the show. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about the fact not so much about roommates and stuff like that. We're also going to talk about just how, you know, when you have that sort of friendship with somebody and you're trying to get over like a very, very, very deep, dark secret or something hella embarrassing, um, how you come out of it, how you come on the other side of it and you still maintain the friendship. It still stays right. intact no matter what. I don't think we've ever had something like, have we ever had something that pretty much almost shattered our friendship, D? No, knock on wood. Yeah. Throw salt over the shoulder, baby out the window, whatever it takes. <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah, we never. But no, we haven't had that. No. So uh, I think we were kind of lucked out on that front. But yeah, um, Regine Hunter and Khadija James, not so much. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So. Um, a little bit of backstory. So it's the it's the season premiere, and what happened was, in, back in season two, at the end of season two, uh, Sinclair gets this genius idea to go on a talk show, where she talks about where the subject is three uh, my roommates from heaven, and of course, Regine is is bored with her life, and she needs something to do. She needs something exciting, and what better way than to go on a nationally syndicated talk show to talk about your private life? I mean, it was the 90s. That was the thing to do. So why not? And it was on that talk show, we actually learned just how um, Regine and uh, Regine and Khadija's living arrangement came to be. Uh, we're not going to spoil that. We'll save that for that episode. Yeah, so if you want to catch up on the Hulu, it's on there. It's season two um, towards the end. And... So that was that episode, and the next episode is um, Regine in the process of moving out, getting a new apartment. And the episode that we're talking about today, Come Back Little Diva, is Regine all moved in, and she's having her housewarming party. Oh, that sounds legit, right? I, I, I yep. described it, right? I, I did it, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. We got we got all the bases covered. Nice. Nice. And... The way the episode begins, I think, is interesting because it starts off with Max 
Sinclair and Khadija at a laundromat. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think pretty basic, right? Yeah. But I feel like the laundromat is kind of symbolic. You know, things are tumbling, mm-hmm. changes, something's dirty, being made clean. You know, I mean, I mean, if you go deep in, deep into it, you go down that rabbit hole and you want to like really get, like conspirarize what it could be, you could go that route. But for me, I think it's like, it's a hot ass day, a hot ass summer day. Yeah. And where are we? We're washing our clothes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, dirty laundry comes clean. Right. Sort of symbolic. And also, you have to think about it. A laundromat is a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting place. Things always pop off in a laundromat. I think there was a whole song about it. You know, like things happen. You meet up with people, you find out people's dirty laundry, you get a little gossip, you know, you could be nosy. I think a laundromat is great because you could be just, you could be so nosy in a laundromat. Like it's a social gathering when mm-hmm. you're when you're in the neighborhood, especially like if it's the laundromat for the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like you said, meet up with everybody, you know what's going on. Like, hey Miss Johnson. Yeah. Hey Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> Ooh, half set wash today. Oh, I came on the right day. Yes. I got to punch my card. I get a free laundry bag or a free wash. Yes. The only thing I hate about the laundromat is lugging that push cart with the clothes to yeah. and fro, mm-hmm. depending on how far away you live. Yeah. If you don't live too far, like if it's around the corner, hey, no problem. But if you got to trek it at least four blocks, ooh, I remember that's that. like, ooh. I remember those days growing up. I remember those days. I hated Yes. That. I love to do laundry. I hate to go to the laundromat to do laundry. Like I like to wa- I like washing my clothes. I like washing my clothes. I like um fold. I actually did like folding back in the day, but I can't. But nowadays I don't really do that anymore. And you know, just being there, there's something soothing about it, like watching the machine go, staring at the cycles. And then, you know, it used to be when you're a kid, it's a chore. But as you get a little older, you feel like it's a great way to get away for a little bit. Yeah. I used to find the laundromat boring as a kid when I would go with my mom. Because, you know, you're just sitting there for hours on end. I mean, depending on how long you have to be there, how how much the load is. But you're just sitting there and it's like, there's something to do as a kid. So you got to find ways to entertain yourself. As an adult, when I go there, I feel like I'm my grandmother. I feel like I'm, when I'm sitting there, I, I own that whole table. Yes. I'm folding all my clothes. I'm checking all the machines in case there's anything I left behind. Just something about it turns me into an old woman. Yeah. I like it. You don't get possessive, do you? Like, do you? Oh, like, no, no, okay. no, no. I'm not like, this is my machine. You know, 14 and 15 is both me. No, I'm not that person. Yeah. I, I know people like that. It's hilarious. Yeah, I remember this one lady, like, uh, she, she, I guess she was a germaphobe back then, and um, she was just spraying stuff down, and I needed to put my basket, I didn't, I finished using the basket, so I tucked it under the table where she was, mm-hmm. and I just heard her mumbling, I didn't hear what she was saying, I'm sure she was speaking English, but she was like, I just did this, I just disinfected all this, all, I just did all this, I just did this, and then you put your basket in, I was like, okay, okay, ma'am. All right, so I pulled the basket out, and she calmed down. And I was like, oh, just say you couldn't disinfect that basket, too. Like, where else am I supposed to put it? Just leave it in the middle of the aisle, and then, I get, and then I'll get yelled at. So, yeah, some people are very possessive at the laundromat. 
I, I, I have horror stories. I also have good stories, but yeah. But yeah. Well, uh in that same episode we also kinda learn a little bit about Max and Kyle's new relationship. Oh yes. Yeah, with Max the, and Kyle are a couple. <laughs> They make it official, and what's really cute is, like, um, you find out about their underwear. Like, you find uh, out about Kyle's underwear, and they're, like, playing keep away with it from Max. Yeah. But Max I just don't, accepts it. Like, she's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Max is cool about it. She's like, yeah, I bought him underwear, but Khadija and Sinclair are teasing her about it. But I'm sorry. I saw that underwear, and I'm like, okay, I know it's the 90s, but I don't know how I feel about a G-string thong bikini bottom on a man. I don't know. So I don't know how to feel about that. Um, it was the 90s. That's all I'll say. Like, we yeah. got away with a lot in the 90s. That's all I have to say about that. That's it. I One thing I can say add. is Max was very adventurous because I did not expect to see that color on Kyle. Oh, so. that, that shade of green? That shade of green. That shade of green was everything, though. But... That was... I'm wondering it was like how Emerald this... City Green from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> 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 All right. So, um, so a little bit about the episode in and of itself. So basically, you have these two friends, these lifelong friends, um, Regine and Khadija, and they're having this falling out to the point that Regine moves out. And Regine moves into this really cute, you know, Back then, it would be considered a dump, but nowadays, everybody and their mama would jump on it here in New York. Hell like, yes. Like a little cute studio in the West Village. In the West Village. It's probably cheap because it's the 90s. And yeah, it looks a little shabby or whatever, but, you know, it, it's still cute. And she act, one thing I love about Regine is just like how she'll try to spin it. She'll try to spin it. She'll she when um when Laverne comes over, and she's like, oh no, like what you see is negative. I see is positive. You know, I have like a little breakfast nooklet. I have softwood floors, and I have a veranda. And basically, what you're looking at is like this random little ass space, <laughs> bad floors, and, and um, a, a fire escape. Yeah. Hey. But yeah, but no, even though Laverne, her mom, comes over and she's still trying to convince her to just move back in with Khadijah. Mm-hmm. But of course, Regine is standing her ground. She's like, I'm not moving back in with Khadijah. And then her mother's like, well, then pretend you're moving back in with Sinclair. Right. Like, get out of this. This is not what I envisioned for you. <laughs> I want you to do better. This is not better. This is actually a step backwards, almost like a backflip. Yeah, this is that's how a, she treats it. It's a whole setback, yeah. Right, but you got to give it to Regine though, because at least she was trying. Yeah, she was trying. Because it ain't it ain't easy to always walk out and 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 still have your pride and still be like, all right, I'm gonna do this, even though everybody says I'm not gonna do it. So I right. give her that. Give right. her points for that. But you know, as I was watching the episode, and I'm just li- and you know, I'm like a big fan when I'm watching like um shows like this. I tend to watch like the background, like I mm-hmm. I, I I'll wa- I'll look at the set. And I'm like, you know what? Regine did a great job. She decorated that space. It looks a little, you know, it looks dis- it looks real like, eh. but mm-hmm. she dressed it up and it actually looks kind of nice. Like I could appreciate it. I'd move in. I'd move in, but I don't know about that neighborhood though. Yeah. Cuz if you got to go downstairs for a Doberman in a can, 
keep the winos away from your truck? Oh, well, you know, it was also pre-gentrification, so. <laughs> that's the part that you got to remember. Like, it was pre-gentrification. So that's when neighborhoods in Manhattan were still bad, but they're not as bad right now. There's no bad neighborhood. It just hasn't uh, been gentrified yet. Okay, never mind. I'm a, I'm a reserve judgment because <sighs> I've been around the way. I know. And I, don't I done know. seen some places oh, that, that I'm like. Rough. Not, girl, not even rough. I'm like straight out of an episode of Law and Order. Ooh, that's like, not good. With the chalk line and everything in the streets. Like, mm. Oh, no. And they have the nerve to charge me $8,000 a month? <laughs> Shame. It's an up-and-coming neighborhood. Really? Yeah, we just, this, neighbor, this apartment just opened up. And it's like coming to America and you see like the chalk outline? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, it's a damn shame what they did to that dog. And I'm there like, yeah, what happened with that? Wait a minute. <laughs> what happened here? You know, it's rough when they come for the dog. Yeah. Because most places, people love dogs. Right. And here you are, and the dog is not okay. Her doggy. <laughs> so, but she did, she did her thing, dressing up the apartment, making it look all nice. And to show her level of petty-petty, like she has her housewarming party, which is exciting. Uh, housewarming parties are always fun, but what she does is like she invites Kadi, she invites Sinclair and Overton, and mm-hmm. she invites Kyle and Max. She doesn't even really like Max like that, but she invited Max, and she made sure that Khadija felt the disinvite. Right. I, I, I when I watch it now, I'm I'm Khadija's homegirl. Yeah. She tried to be supportive and be like, well, you know what? If you're not going, me and Kyle aren't going. Right. She chose her to side. Which, right. But to which Kyle was like, no, I'm going. I'm. You can't tell me what to do. I want to go to that party. I want to see the apartment. I want to see what it's like. It's a party. Right. Let's go. Yeah. Right. And so. Yes. And it's kind of interesting. And also, let's be honest with you. Just the simple fact that when... um. When Khadija, this affects Khadija. Khadija is so salty about it that she, um, what? She is so salty about it that she crashes the party anyway. Mm-hmm. But that was on Max's insistence, so I don't know how I feel about that. If Max wasn't there, like, would she still have done it, do you think? Um, I think she might have showed up, but she up a little later. Yeah. Than, than the scene called for. She probably would have showed up towards the end, like when the party was finished and stuff like that. Or, or she would have probably just been in the area and right. waited by the building. Like, oh, who's going inside? Oh, you going to the party? To, to the housewarming? Regine? Oh, okay. I'll come with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't find a building number and whatnot. You yeah. Know? I wasn't I'm sure. strolling there. I wasn't sure, but okay. Now that I'm, while I'm here, while in right. the Right. Like, I made it all the way to the neighborhood. Yeah. But it's also like, like she, her not inviting Khadija. Mm-hmm. You got to think about that for a second. Her not inviting Khadija, it's not just being petty. Right. Because we go back to the previous season when they had the blowout. And she learned the truth about how she ended up being roommates with Khadija. Mm-hmm. Which again, you guys got to check out on Hulu. Right. But we find that out. And obviously she took offense to that a lot. So this was a well-orchestrated plan that happened without her knowledge. And Khadija knew the whole time and didn't say anything to her. So she probably felt a little 
hurt, maybe even a little betrayed, dare I say. She felt but, salty about it, yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, so I she understand. felt salty about that, and so she's repaying the favor by making Khadija feel salty for not being invited to the party. Right. But little does she know, Khadija is still going to come to the party. Right. Whether she's influenced or not. Right. I mean, uh, Khadija and Regine even says, I thought you, I thought you'd, uh, I thought you'd think I would expect you to crash, right? (laughs) And so wouldn't come just to be rude, thereby giving me what I want. I, that's a mouthful. Like, I don't know who wrote that, but I understand the convolution of it. Mm-hmm. But even till this day, like years and years later, I'm like, I still don't understand what that really means. I know what she's trying to say, but I'll even sit there and I'm like, okay. So basically, she she did it to be uh, she did it to be petty, and she knows that that pettiness would get to Khadija, and Khadija would crash anyway. So ipso facto, Regine wins. Right. I, I just figured it out. <laughs> See that? I love us. No, they're so smart. I have to. They thought they could trip us with those little itty ditty notes in the in the script, right? Like, no, we figured y'all out. We did our homework. We got it. We got it. We got it. Because Regine is a little petty. She's a petty Betty, and that's perfectly fine. We love that. Yeah, we love it. And Khadija will play right along with it. But then again, Khadija also plays. Um, Khadija also flips the the script a little because. Here comes Sinclair a little bit after a few seconds saying, hey, you know how we need a new roommate? I found someone. Like, as soon as she saw Khadija, that's the first thing she said. She could have been like, oh, hey, cuz, nice of you to come. I can't believe you're here. What a surprise. But yeah, yeah, that means you were talking to people, getting to know them at the party because you know you need to get another roommate to cover Regine's missing behind. Right. And it turns out that, you know, they do, they vibe and they click. Um, so, all right. So here's like another, here's another really, really interesting part of the whole episode. When, when we're in, we're in an alternate universe. So Regine moved out. She lives in Manhattan. And apparently we know that after a 15 minute walk, uh, you hop on the three at Grand Army Plaza, switch to the D at Atlantic and then get, o- and then get off somewhere, I guess, on Delancey. I'm guessing, give or take. Am I right or wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I'm. I, I, is it Delancey? About. Okay. About. Yeah. I know she's on the east side. Right. So there's that. And um, if you notice, uh, you meet doppelgangers in the ho- throughout the whole episode, throughout that whole scene. So first you meet, who do you meet? You meet Carl. She's a doppelganger for Kyle. Yeah. And he's oh. kind. He's kind of a pompous ass. He's super pompous. Yeah, it's like even Kyle is like, ooh. like ooh, that's just pompous. If Kyle is mm-hmm. calling you pompous, you're pompous. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing out of his mouth is like, oh, Regine wanted me, but I said that let's just be friends. And it's like, well, damn, that's a little delusional, but okay. <laughs> and next person we meet, um, actually Orville, the building super, who is just like Overton and even in even like even though it's a party he's still like working Mm -hmm. um they're like oh wow I've met a super working in New York City in a New York City apartment that's a thing what I'm surprised I'm just kidding stop the presses this is front page news 
that's weird. But, you know, shout out to all the supers. Supers are great. Well, not all, but, you know, there's a majority of supers that do literally go above and beyond their call of duty. So I appreciate that. Shout out to all the supers out there. And then you meet, w- she doesn't have a name, though. Um, The do- the Max Doppelganger, the one with, like, the mountain of food. Does she have a doppelganger? Oh, yeah. She doesn't have a name. But when Max no, comes, she- huh? No, 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 she doesn't have a name. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that plate of food, and I'm like, God damn. Are you girl, you could really put it away. Are you going to eat all that? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My girl, go ahead. Yeah. And it's like, it, they're even wearing, like, similar outfits, similar hair. So, basically, you're just looking at Regine's alternate universe. So, that was kind of cool. And then we finally meet um, Khadijah and Sinclair's doppelgangers, which I love. Because, like, first you meet them on the Veranda de Soleil, a.k.a. the fire escape. Let's not... You know, that's bougie. Let's 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 be for real. Like I will call my fire escape the veranda de soleil. And then my husband's like, that's a fire escape. It's still a veranda. <laughs> it's we could step outside and stand on it. But you can't do that in New York, right? You just can't stand on a fire escape, right? You just can't hang out. Yeah, you can. I've never I don't see people do it, that's why. It depends on the neighborhood. Yeah. I, I know uptown I've seen some people hang out on the fire escape, but they're not hanging out, hanging out. You know, they might pop their head out for a cigarette here and there, but depending on the building rules as well, whether or not loitering, if that counts as that. Also, I swear, living in New York got so many damn rules. I know. With apartments and stuff. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like you almost need a crash course before you move into an apartment. Guide How to, to be a roommate. Yeah. Yeah, a guide. A guide to New York. First things first. Don't think what you see in the movies is real. Because <laughs> more than likely, it's not. It's worse. Yeah. So um, we meet it, and we meet um, Khadijah's doppelganger, and she owns a pet shop, and she says that she really needs an apartment. And, you know, it's hard starting your own business, and, you know, she decided to do like Khadijah did, go to nepotistic riot route and um, hire her cousin. And her cousin... You know, classic, 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 classic Sinclair, you know, just, you know, gets into some mischief and just lets the dogs run free or um, like or when Sinclair, you know, she does what she does at Flavor with the trolls or sometimes like messing up phone calls and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, like inco- like you could see a little bit of incompetency from time to time. So that's kind of cool. And the funny part is, is that, um, keep in mind, like you said in another episode, like you were mentioning earlier in another episode, they're, they're roommate hunting. And we meet Regina, we meet Regina King's character, who has some kind of, she has this, she has some really sketchy credit. No, we're not, cre- we don't credit shame here. You know, everybody <laughs> has, everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. Everybody misses payments. I don't care who you are. Stop fronting like you don't. Okay, I'm just saying. All right, everybody's credit score takes a dip now and then. So, you know, and you learn about that. And um, you actually made a good analysis about that, and we'll get to that in a minute. But mm-hmm. they're, but they've been looking for a roommate, and they may have found one in her. And it seems to, like, work out. It seems to work out. And Regine, of course, is hella upset about it. Because it's like, oh, oh, snap, my plan is backfiring. Khadijah is moving on. She's going to find somebody else that's just like her. And they're going to vibe really well. And 
you know, like, and I'll be all alone, you know, because she does have that whole, she does have, like, re- that realization where she's, like, she's had a lot of time to think because she's alone. Nobody's telling her, you know, to be responsible. Um, you know, everybody at the brownstone, there's always something going down. There's always a, an adventure. There's always a mishap. And now that she's living all by herself, she doesn't even have that luxury anymore. Nobody comes over. Nobody visits. It's just her. Right. And, and she misses that. Start to set in how lonely that is. Yeah. Because I, we all wish for that. We all wish to move in and like, oh, I can't wait to grow up and I'm going to live on my own. I'm going to live by myself. And then you do. And it's probably great. Like the first few days, like the first few weeks, you're like, oh, this is nice. I could do what I want. You know, you could you could develop like horrible habits or whatever. But at some point you're like, I crave company. It's 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 a weird cacophony because it'll be great, like you said, for the first few days. Mm-hmm. But the minute you hear a noise, you yeah. don't know where that noise came from. You wishing you had like eight or you know, eight or nine people in this house. Right. Or you'll strong do the, people that can fight. The take boom. a bullet. Take the dopamine you know. in the can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. The do- that honestly is one of the reasons why I like that episode, but I'm mad because for years I have been looking for dopamine in the can. Mm-hmm. Because of that episode. Um, well, actually, no. Another episode from season one, I was looking for dopamine in the can when they got robbed. Mm-hmm. But that episode reintroduced that concept. And I'm like, that I think is a genius, ingenious, but a genius idea nonetheless. Mm-hmm. You you know, it's the pleasure of having a dog to guard your place without actually having to have a guard to guard your place, a dog to guard your place. And then you don't got to walk it, you don't got to pick up after it, clean up, all that. No. Somebody you see at the door, you know, like Jehovah's Witnesses, the police, bill collectors, just be like, hur, 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 hur. I just, Whoa. Fa- I just did some digging. I just found it. You did? I did. I did. I did. Where? Um, Where? Well, it's a safety sport. Um, you can find it on Amazon for like twelve bucks, and it's called Dog Horn. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, I was looking in all the wrong places. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> Amazon, isn't there anything you can't find? I swear, when oh, they start, but it's like when they start dating training. profiles on Amazon, it's going to be a wrap. When what? When dating profiles become a thing on Amazon, it's going to be a wrap. Oh, no. That's going to be the game changer. Well, it's not so much Doberman in a, ta- um, a Doberman in a can. It does deter attacks, but it's more or less for training your dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, also it's for um, protecting yourself from stray dogs. So let's see. Uh, it, it might not make the sound though. It doesn't. I don't think it'll make the sound. I just. Oh. I just found it. I don't know. I'm not. Okay. I, I, I got you hyped. I'm sorry. My bad. It's cool. It's cool. <sighs> you know, well, I'll probably check it out later and read the reviews. See it's what prob- people say. It's probably like an in the script or in the show kind of gag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they never use it again. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, of course. People write in. Where can I get a dog in a can? <laughs> That's a damn sure wanted a, uh, a Doberman in the can. Yeah, it's a lot safer than carrying around mace. You know, could you imagine? I, like, I, I can't imagine, and I can just imagine accidentally spraying myself. Oh, no. Because, I mean, not to say I'm clumsy, but sometimes in the heat of the moment, you don't make the best decisions. Of course not. 
myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what, what were we with the Doberman in the can? Yeah, like when you hear noises or when you're like, um, or it's late at night and it's just you and your own thoughts, you know. And also when you think about it, I mean, all your closest friends are literally within two apartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could either, s- you could stay downstairs with the girls or you can, or cross the street to go to Max's or you can go upstairs and hang out with the guys. Now you have to catch a train. You have to catch two trains, and you got to walk, you know, to visit somebody. The, the person that I know that goes through that, in a way, is Max. But how hard is crossing a street? And Max mm-hmm. doesn't really, like, um, Max doesn't really go home. So I guess that's a difference. But one thing that, yeah, so that was that. Also, um, we also meet, like, I love Sinclair's doppelganger, Polly, where <laughs> it's like, where where after you know they get back together and they reconcile and you see just Polly coming in like hush 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 and you see Sinclair on the side like who are you (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the first time I ever really seen her angry yeah like I've never seen her that angry and wait uh actually I think we like I saw her angry the episode where Max gets arrested and Max kind of blows up at Sinclair. Oh, yeah. When she was looking for a job. Right. That was a, yeah, that was a good one. And then Sinclair's like, I heard you. <laughs> I was just trying to make you feel better about your stupid, about your situation. <laughs> and it's like, aw. Aw. <laughs> I, like, I didn't want to go there, man. I didn't. And and you could tell that with, with, with Sinclair. She'd rather comfort you. Like, she'd rather comfort you than to tell it to you straight. While Khadijah... Right. She's not there to comfort you. She's there to tell you straight. Um, but yeah, and then you see Sinclair going, woo, 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 woo. Was that the first time we heard woo, woo, woo? I think so. I think And woo. that became her signature sound yeah. effect on the show afterwards. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. We still do that now. I, I've seen that. I've seen people do the woo, 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 woo. It's like, very comforting, especially it, the babies. Like when you're trying to get them to to go to sleep and they're fussing, mm-hmm. they're like woo 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 all right. You and opened your eyes, you saw your feet, you put them in your mouth. That's it. And then you pooped five times. Like, what, what, why, why, why? But okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, you know, um, and it turns out that um, the little diva does come back. So, that's always fun. That's always fun. It's and, fun and then... No, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 like... That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, when you're when you're kind of looking at the episode overall, you know, you realize that um, Sinclair, not Sinclair, uh, Khadijah and Regine, you you see their friendship. Like, you, you you really see their friendship because like when she, when because Regine lives in such a delusion that she says, "You're my own, like you're my best friend, Khadijah," and Khadijah's like, "You're, I'm your only friend," and. Regine is like, but you understand me. Like that time I put on that macaroni crown. 
and you were the only one that understood me. And Khadija's like, no, I was tormenting you too. <laughs> I put up, like, while everybody else is, like, uh, is just tired of you, I put up with you because it doesn't affect me to that level. I think that's what Khadija's trying to say. Like, I'm used to this at this point. At this point, I'm used to this. And she also knows her roots. Like you said earlier, Ray Khadija is the only person that can actually check, um, that can actually, actually, actually check Khadija the way she does. No, yeah. Regine, like, yeah. And Khadija yeah. is the only person that can check Regine. If you've I mean, ever Khadijah noticed. Khadija has that ability where she can check anybody, really, because uh, we established early in, in a previous episode about the, the, the hierarchy of friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, Khadija's on top. Right. Because nobody wants to mess with Khadija. Mm-hmm. And even though Regine is annoying, you know, but she's annoying in a loving way, Khadija can tolerate that. But from anybody else, she'd be like, no, I'm not having it. Only Regine can annoy me to that level maybe sinclair second place maybe mm. you know yeah but you know you can tell that khadijah is more like a big sister to regime mm-hmm. where every time regime's in a bind she comes to help her out you know i'm sure that's how their friendship was growing up when they were in new jersey and that's why they're so tight now and their moms were tight as well and, you know, they just have that great rapport with each other when it comes to that. Yeah, they, uh, Khadijah was her protector. Right. And in the meantime, and, like, in, in a reversal to kind of pay back for that, Regine is kind of her um, image coach, her image yeah, consultant. she's trying to make sure she looks good before she goes out or when she has important interviews and meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's always making sure her outfits look good. Yeah, and she also, like, tries to make um, Khadijah put her best um, best image forward. Her best right. foot forward. Like that episode, like the episode where um, where Khadijah has that interview, that TV interview. Mm-hmm. And Regine takes it upon herself to be the image consultant. And here's another tidbit about that episode. And we'll definitely go into the bit. This is how you know that Regine knows Khadijah. When Khadijah is angry, she articulates better. Like she, she it's she's focused when she's mad and that's a huge thing for for you to, for somebody to know about you because not a lot mm-hmm. of people will, will pick up on that so that was that and of course you know um ray and of course khadijah knows how to talk to regime in, in a way that you know like while everybody else kind of shuts regime down for her delusion khadijah will actually talk about the delusion but in a way that's to say uh, you're going to have to dial that back just a little bit. Just remember, you're now one generation out of the projects. Mm-hmm. And she has to constantly remind her of that. And to be honest with you, you know, they're, 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 they do have a sisterly type love. Because Khadijah just does say in this episode, I've known Regine about 20-something years, and she's been a pain in the ass the whole time. And it's kind of true. It's like when you when you like when I when we were younger and I was thinking about that, I'm like, if somebody's been a pain in my butt for that long, I don't think I would be their friend for that long. And then, you know, as the years go by and then you hit the 20 year mark and then you start assessing people's friendships. Not you, though. D. You're fine. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah. 
it, you like you have that kind of friendship with somebody that you know that they are one weird, jacked up, full, full of flaws. But yet you can't. But yet you can vibe with that. You can accept that. You grew up with that. You knew. You know that. You know how to deal with it. You know, and that's a mark of a true friend. It is. It, it is really a mark. Is. If I can really love is. you, warts and all, then that's love. Which makes now, me wonder. Finding a partner to love you, warts and all, in that regard. I mean, that's a whole different category, but oh, that's yeah. definitely a true blue friend right there. Do you think we have that sort of thing? Like, of are, are there things about me that annoy you? Oh, be, stop. You could be, stop. be for real. Okay, well, if we're going to be for real, that right there. Second <laughs> guess yourself, okay? <laughs> we are all about empowerment up here. I mean, think about it. Khadija and Regine have been friends for 25 years. You and I have been friends for 25 years. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> well, we hit that quarter century mark. Yeah. We're going to pop some champagne one day. But yeah. yeah, so there are things about you that I love, and there's things about you that I want you to recognize and love within yourself. You always want the best for your friends. Mm -hmm. You know, you always yeah. want the best for your friends, or you always want the best for your sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so Regina always wants the best out of Khadija, and Khadija always wants the best out of Regina. Sometimes Regina doesn't see that in herself. Right. Sometimes Regine really relies on the opinions of others to determine no. her worth. She she relies on what people say. Well, true, what they say, not so much what they think, but just the fact that she even has to rely on that. It's like it's a it's it's a it's a character trait of hers that I'm sure Khadija doesn't like, or Khadija wishes she would change about herself. But but Khadija says. But Khadija says. But Khadija says things about Regine all the time. Of course. So it's but, like. But Regine doesn't take doesn't take it to heart where she gets offended automatically. Got because it. Because she knows that when Khadija says it, let anyone say it, it's an insult. It's going to lead to a fight, argument. But when Khadija say it, it's fact. It's coming from a place so of love. Khadija knows her no longer. Yeah, she's known her the longest. So right. she'll get it. Like it'll click. It, it, it's just how it is with somebody. Like if five people tell you the exact same thing, it hits you five different ways. You know, if somebody tells you, oh, you're really great at this. If it's one person, you'll feel like, is that a backhanded compliment? Somebody else you'll hear is like, oh, God, I'm tired. I'm tired of listening to you. But then there's going to be that one person you're going to be like, oh, my God, that means so much coming from you. And that's one of the things that is like that. That's one of the things that I kind of love about Khadija. It's like when it comes from her, it means she cares. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't, Definitely. she doesn't like saying she cares, but you can tell, you can tell that she actually gives a damn about these girls, she, she's about tough, these women. She's a big old softie. She's like me, you know. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be rough on the outside, but you know, you were softy on the inside only for the people you care about. Mm -hmm. Everybody else doesn't get to see that soft side. Of course not. And in an exchange, um, let's be honest, Regine does care about Khadija a lot. Like when Khadija was having a party for her um, magazine and Regine mm -hmm. is like, you, you should totally, you should totally honor this because this is huge. You should totally honor this with an actual party. And even then Khadija's like, no, I'm not spending that much money. And Regine is like, Ugh, come on, like give yourself this. 
And, you know, it's like you think, oh, it's regime being bougie. But if you look at it through 2021 eyes, it's basically it's basically regime saying like, yo, you have to give a damn about this. You work so hard for this. You sh- it deserves it. It deserves the honor. And that's all regime wants from people to, like, recognize their worth and their honor. So I kind of like that. I, 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 I appreciate that. I really, really do. Yeah, so come back, little diva. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite episodes because it has like my favorite moments in it, and I guess we could just revisit like this time that we have left here. Yeah, we have some time left. Like we could actually visit how we see um the other side, the B plot, where you basically see the couples. You see um Sinclair and Sinclair and Overton are f- everybody's favorite couple, and of course Max and Kyle. And you see the foil between them two, you know, uh, how, for instance, um, uh, the part where after everybody gets the invitations to the party and Sinclair is just putting her foot in her mouth the whole time. Every it's like everything she says is the wrong thing. And Overton is like, I could appreciate the fact that you're this naive. And Sinclair is like, but I need to shut up sometimes. And Overton is like, yeah, you you, you gotta learn, you gotta learn to like rein that in. Which I which, mean, that's, that's what you gotta love about Sinclair—the fact that she says the quiet part loud. Yeah. And you know, she thinks she she in her mind and in her heart, she's being helpful. So. Yeah, but like, let's look at the fact that you know Overton can actually tell her that in a way. Where even Sinclair realizes it. But then again, it's also a testament to Sinclair and her um, self-actualization. Mm-hmm. It's like, I see what you're saying, and damn, I didn't realize. I, 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 even I'm starting to realize maybe I should do that. And even at the party, when Sinclair is about to go, is about to go off the rails, and Overton has to like scale her back a little bit, and she's like, all right, I'll, I'll just shut up now. You know, and then we take in relationships. Sometimes you gotta, someone has to be there to pull you back if you're starting to go too deep. Yeah, they have to check you. Overton is really good at checking Sinclair, and the and also like Max and Kyle, since they're they have their new relationship, since they have their brand new relationship, and that power struggle that we talked about in the in the first episode. You know, Max and Kyle, like they're really trying. And Max can't, Max can't just relinquish control that easily. And Kyle is trying to assert his independence of her. You know, like, I'm in a relationship with you, but I'm still my own person. I still had a whole life before you. I still have friends. These are my friends, too. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to go to this party. He probably didn't even want to go to the party, to be honest with you. But, you know, again, it's Max being Max. And Max said, we're not going. And Kyle just has to just do the opposite no matter what. You get it? Mm, I'm going to respectfully disagree. Of course. I do think Kyle wanted to go to the party. Of course, I'm sure he would have wanted to have gone with Maxine so they could present themselves as a couple. Of course. Sort of like an official outing. Mm -hmm. But I think because of the power rift between him and Max, Constantly, she's always trying to assert dominance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been you know their give and take relationship, and we've covered that before. So when she says 
that, oh, Kyle and I aren't going to the party because Deja wasn't invited. And Kyle was like, excuse me, I want to go, and mm-hmm. I'm going. Mm-hmm. Bye. And even when she shows up to the party, she shows up, and after she makes her introductions, she immediately says, there's someone here that I have to ignore. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So you weren't just coming with Khadija to crash the party to support her. No, you were coming with your own agenda. You wanted to annoy Kyle. You were you were doing your own pettiness. Exactly. Every- Everybody's got their little petty action happening in this episode. I love it. Everybody's just so petty this episode. Like, I'm going to show off how petty I am. Yeah. Like, I'm petty. No, I'm petty. No, I'm petty. I'm, I'm the petty. most petty. <laughs> but I'm- Max and Kyle eventually work it out yeah. because... They compromise. Right. Kyle says something that I found very intriguing about the episode. Maxine says, when I am asserting, if I seem aggressive, that's me trying to get your attention. To which Kyle says, well, when I walk away, that's me trying to get yours. And he walks away. Mm -hmm. And she stands there for a moment. And it's almost like she's thinking to herself, like, Damn, it's working. I'm really going to have to go after this man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so she walks out. She walks behind, after him. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do? He pulls out a bag of jumbo shrimp. Of course. And cocktail sauce. And that's his peace offering. That's how he says, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We had a fight. And sh- when she accepts it, that's how she says, I'm sorry, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their unique love language. That is their love language. Like, he knows how much she loves food. And of, and not only that, but he also lo- knows that he she loves cocktail sauce. So it's basically saying, not only is I'm sorry, but take this as a peace offering, but he let's make up. The right. cocktail sauce is, now let's make up. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's actually kind of cool. It's, it's, it's actually, I, I actually do love that about them. Yeah. And yeah, there's just so much subtext there. Like when when Kyle does say like this my walking away is how I get your attention, which basically means you have to be you Max want to be strong and dominant and rah and rah rah about it. I'm just going to be a little aloof. I'm going to scale back a little bit and that's going to get your attention. So it's almost kind of like a role reversal in a way, because mm-hmm. it typically it's the other way around. But right. here you see it in this, and with them it's actually kind of per- it's actually perfect. And I'm like, wow, it's the, it's the perfect intro to to their relationship into the third season, and then you know as it unfolds and develops mm-hmm. as we get further into the season, and we see all the twists and turns that they take, and it's just like. Wow, this was one hell of a ride. It sets but up overall, the whole dynamic. This was a good opening for the season three, this right. episode. Yeah, it was fabulous. I loved it. And I just love the oh. fact that... Every- hmm? No, 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 I'm sorry. I just remembered something. What? Something we completely forgot to talk about, which was almost so important to the plot of the story. The naked man in the laundry mat. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about the naked man when you were talking, and I was like, is she going to talk about the naked guy? I completely forgot. Sorry, naked man. (laughs) I thought of you, but I forgot to mention you. I'm so sorry. Because, yes, he, in my opinion, taking off your clothes and sitting there butt naked in the laundromat while you're watching him 
that represents New York. That is especially a, at that time. That is a New York moment. That is a yes. definitely a New York moment. Nobody does it anymore. Mm. But it is yes. it is definitely a New York moment. That was a throwback from back in the day. I was like, oh my God, flashback. Oh, I remember that. Especially in the, and especially in the um what is it? Especially in the epilogue where Sinclair is just having her whole moment. Oh, the name of the actor that plays um he's credited as Laundryman and his name is Gary Ballard. There you Gary go. Gary Ballard. Gary Ballard. Thank you for that. You're Thank you for that cameo, sir. Yes, that was that was a classic. She actually did add a he did add a classic. Like that was a classic moment where he just like drops trial right there. And yeah, I love the fact that in the, in the epilogue, Sinclair is like, I love it here. This is great. Oh, my God. A laundromat is a great place to be. This is so much fun. And then she's like, oh, time to go back to my laundry. And then he's like, God, this place is just full of psychopaths. <laughs> Yo, this, like, this lady just comes up and starts talking to me about randomness. And she's not letting me have my naked laundry time. Damn, this city's full of crazy ass people. (laughs) Essentially, like that's the that right there is a New York moment. That is a New York moment. That is a New York thing. That is a New York thing. That is definitely a New York thing. So shout out to that. But yeah, let's go back at, at the beginning of the episode where Sinclair does talk about how, you know, the greatness about the laundromat and how cute it is to be here. And it's a microcosm where everybody comes to clean that which is closest to them. And he's like, here, here. And then he just starts taking off his clothes. And everybody's like, what? But I never understood why Max got like um max's reaction was it fear or was she turned on or you tell me i think i think she was more turned on because she was fanning herself and smiling a little hard look at that i'm getting i'm getting clothes washed and i'm getting a strip show floor show Uh, the best the best of new york yeah but i yeah, how many times have you gone to the laundromat and you're like, I wish somebody would strip naked in here. You see a guy and you're like, I wish he would strip naked. Like, isn't that, those sweatpants look dirty. I saw a baby strip naked. Stop. And I wasn't staring at the baby. It was just because I think the baby boom boomed on himself and Aww. mom had to throw that in the wash. And she I was, felt bad for mom. Like, oh. The kid was running around free and naked as the day he was born, just with a big grin on his face. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was like, "Oh, I am free from my I'm free from my constraints of fabric." And the mother's like, "Great, that's another 125 I have to spend." You know, like <laughs> I calculate how much soap goes into the machine per load. Now I got to put another quarter thing of soap in. You mess it with my soap budget, boy. I'm out of Tide Pods. Ah. Oh, my God. Jeez. Actually, it's funny you bring that up. I recently just came across some Tide Pods. I n- haven't used them mm-hmm. until recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of afraid of them. Mm. I'm kind of afraid of them. Uh, because of the fact that they dissolve so quickly when you drop them in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the amount of foam and bubbles that form. And you're like, all that soap that is concentrating into that one little pack. And I'm scratching my head trying to figure out why were these kids trying to eat this again as a challenge on social media? 
because it's a what child. the hell were they thinking well why were they why were these same kids like pouring rubbing alcohol and lighting themselves on fire why do, why do they do anything why do they exist i don't know here's uh, another question i have about this episode like if we want to talk about little moments is would mashed potatoes a big plate of mashed potatoes be considered a dinner if you're broke yes <laughs> Because at the time, a box of instant mashed potatoes was about $2.25 at your local grocery store and about $1.90 at your local supermarket. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was a, a, a upmark in the price when you go to the bodega. I... But you got some butter, you got some milk, everybody could eat. Everybody could eat. Now, would I say that's a good meal? No. Because unfortunately, it's lacking in nutrition. You know, you got your complex carbs and stuff, but you're missing protein. And depending on who makes it, flavor. So, my, my question is like, let's talk about that scene for a little bit. Like, um, as we wrap up, just a little bit, just how great their dynamic is because you get to see. Because keep in mind, Khadija and Regine are lifelong friends. And Max only came into the picture like, what, maybe like, what, five or six years ago into Khadija's life? So yeah. she she has like this other perspective of regime. And you know, Max's perspective is, you know, you know if you really want to like really screw with her head since she screwed with yours, you can you can go into you could go and crash this party and I will go with you. Because I'm mad at Kyle and because Kyle defied me. So I'm going to so Let's 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 do all our pettiness. Let's kill two petty birds with one stone by just showing up to the party. I always find that interesting. And the fact that uh it's like we can't go without a present. And Max is like, Oh, you wanna be that petty? Here you go. <laughs> a potholder. <laughs> but even I'm not that mad at her. Think I just ran too. Exactly. It's like, here's something you already have. Like <laughs> Well, Keep in mind, they have like a whole pile of it. So it's like if one goes missing and it's going to come back because at the end of the episode, Regine moves back in. Yeah. So no harm, no foul. Yeah. I just, it's like a boomerang effect with that gift. Yeah. But if if somebody shows up to my house with like uh, with a dish rag and a, a dish rag and a pot holder, I'm not mad at you because sometimes you need it. Sometimes I need one of those. I don't feel like going to the discount store and buying it myself. You know, if you bring it, oh, that's even better. Especially if you bring some oven mitts. Yes. Oh, I love you if you bring me some oven mitts. Oh, why didn't you get some good-ass oven mitts? Oh, my God. Oven mitts are so annoying now. Like, I don't know what's going on with them. And they don't even, like, do what they used to do. Remember your mom's oven oven mitt? The ones that lasted for 30 years? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, like, she still has them. They're all burnt up, but you know what? They, like, I still don't feel that hot pan. These nowadays... Ow! I didn't even touch the pan. What the hell? They were the the heat fused and melted the the plastic and the material to a certain way, so that when you would hold something that was hot or yep. construed hot, yep. you wouldn't feel it necessarily. Yeah. So yeah, like not everybody can afford an of glove. Right. <laughs> like of glove. Not everything that's on as seen on TV is worth the money. I promise you that. Nope. Sometimes I like to go into that section in the pharmacy at Walgreens mm-hmm. where they have the ass scene on TV section. Like, oh, this is the thing I saw in that infomercial at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. I'm buying that. 1995? Tripping. 
Speaking of which, they told me free easy payments of nine ninety five. Speaking of which, um, let's go watch some infomercials because we got to wrap up to this week's episode. Yes. Oh my god. And mm-hmm. actually, since we were talking about laundry in this episode, I got to start getting some laundry rumbled my- up together because gonna have to make me a trip sometime this week. My hamper is a little full. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah. So I got. So let's go do some laundry and okay. let's sign off. So thank you so much for watching for listening to. Living Single Revisited. Um, yeah, this was great. Come back, Little Diva. Uh, this was it was a good episode. I, and of course, I always have fun talking Living Single with my girl Didi. You know, of course, of course. And people, y'all come back too. All right, please come check us out. Yeah. So we are on Instagram. You can catch me at Joni Aqua. Also on Twitter, and also check out my book, of course, uh, Jet Set on the What Pads. And I do mention Living Single significantly a lot in it. And a lot of, and I've been getting some feedback and people are, they do get living single vibes from the book. Even though these are teenagers, they still get the vibe. So do that. D, where can people find you? Check me out on Instagram, Mm M-I-Z-C-O-N Science. And on Twitter, same handle. Also be on the lookout. I've got some new stuff that I'm going to be working on that I'm going to be posting on my Instagram soon. So those of you out there interested, you can check it out. Kind of hush hush right now, but it's gonna be real good when it drops. It's in the pipeline. Let's go. It's in the pipeline. Yes. All right, you guys. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. What is our next episode? Ooh, I have a wonderful episode. All right. We will be covering season three, episode two. (laughs) Episode. I'm sorry. We just gonna do the whole, nah. We're Actually, we're gonna be covering. We're gonna stay in season three, but we're gonna be covering episode twenty-one, uh, a raise in Harlem. Oh this my is a special God. flashback episode. Oh yes, you know I've been a watching- fantasy sequence. Yes. Yeah. All right. So definitely tune in that because that was such a good, good, good episode. And I just and I you want to talk about the the cast and the characters in their elements? Yo, this is the episode. So yeah, I cannot wait. Absolutely. All right, you guys. So love you lots. Miss you much and catch you on the next episode. Sorry for the delay this week, but, you know, things happen. But I'm glad you found us anyway. So and we will be back at our regularly scheduled time, hopefully. But, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Peace out. Check, check, check it out. Bye.